You are now listening to the Unstucked Podcast, where we teach you actionable steps to get unstuck in your life, career, finances, and business. Here's your host, Khalil Dumas. What's going on, Unstucked fam? If you're loving the podcast, be sure to visit unstuck.com for more resources, ways to work one-on-one with me and my company, Unstucked, as well as our free Unstucked guide to help you get unstuck in your career, life, finances, and business. I'm so happy you're here for the ride, and now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unstuck Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Dumas. Today, I am joined by my friend, Colin Feldman. He's actually a really great friend of mine from the University of Portland. We play D1 sports together. I ran track. Colin was on the baseball team, so this is a special episode for me. Colin is an independent strength and conditioning coach, nutrition coach, and junior movement coordinator at Knox Springs Social Club. Colin specializes in sports performance, weightlifting, and muscle building while emphasizing mobility and health in the process. What's going on, my friend? Dude, so glad to be here. Glad that I stumbled upon you on social, but just very feel very privileged to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. And I'm so excited to get into talking about fitness and strength. Having been a D1 athlete in the past, I don't know how I did that. I couldn't be further from that right now. So I'm actually really excited to talk to you and get some motivation personally. And I know our listeners are going to get some value. So tell us about your story. How did you start with fitness and strength and conditioning coaches? I gave a little bit of an allude to D1 sports, but why is that important to you? Well, I'll just give a quick elevator pitch. So local Pacific Northwesterner, grew up in Seattle, made my way down to Portland, played baseball at UP where we met each other, had the privilege of playing two years professionally after that, which was an amazing experience. I learned a ton about coaching and just observing you know, athletes at their highest level. But when I stopped playing, I had to figure out what am I going to do with the rest of my life? What's the next move from here? Sports was really my only avenue. Had some hobbies and stuff here and there, but it was like, what do I really want to pursue moving forward is something that I'm going to wake up to every day and be super excited to do. So a buddy of mine actually recommended that I look into personal training. He was a personal trainer, well, still is a personal trainer. He's like, you have the background. He's like, you're fit. You get it. You understand. He's like, you're really personable. You'd really hit it off with clients. And uh, one day I went to this website, National Academy of Sports Medicine, where he got his certification. They were having like some flash sale. It was like, buy it in four hours and you get 30% off. And I had just enough room on my credit card to buy it. And I was like, we're just going to go for it and see what happens. That would have been late 2017. And then got hired on my first job was at Not Springs. I worked as a spa attendant and was building up my clientele from there. Um, Within 11 months, I was a full-time trainer servicing 22 clients doing upwards of 40 sessions a week. And then everything just kind of went from there, got CrossFit certified, became a nutrition coach during the pandemic. And things have just kind of really excelled from there. I've really found my passion. I'm super grateful that I was able to when I did. Yeah, that's really awesome. In 11 months, like that's crazy how quickly you were able to excel and build your book of business. It's like you had been waiting for the opportunity and to capitalize on it. Can you talk to the listeners about that? Because I know that's really, could be really scary, right? Even something you know and your knowledge about, but like breaking into a new company, trying to establish clientele, like what was that experience like? Did you learn any lessons? The biggest lesson I learned was, I think no matter what you want to do, no matter how passionate you are about something, at some point you're going to have to make a certain level of sacrifice to make it happen. So I initially went on as a spa attendant in what they called a dual role was because I knew I was going to be in front of members. I was at the business more, getting paid to be at the business more. So obviously, you know, got to pay bills and you just want money coming in. 
but I was able to learn everything from the back inside of it, from like how are things taken care of, like in our locker room and Springs area, everything about the gym, learning a lot more about the software we use, which is called MindBody and how to process payments, how to book clients, how to create their accounts on there. So I knew out of the get-go, I wasn't going to be completely in love with the job and everything that I did there. However, it was the best opportunity to put myself in front of clients, to get my name out there, to sell my service, and just to get myself some experience. My first few sessions that I did with clients, I can't say were pretty and great. And you definitely have some moments where... I don't want to use the term crash and burn because I feel like it was a little bit better than that. But it's the best opportunity to be supported, deal with those hiccups. And then from there, you know, you just get to a point where things become comfortable and then you're full-time, you own your own book of business and it just takes time. Are you willing to kind of grit it out and do some of the dirty work to get to that greener pasture? And that's such a key perspective. And that's the reason I started Unstuck was on social media, all you see is that end result, right? Everyone who's made it or everyone's an IFBB pro in this space, right? I worked for ASRV in the past. So I was surrounded by, you know, fitness junkies. And that's all you really saw, right? Is I've made it. I have this great book of business, but no one really was talking, right? When they were in the position you were 12 months ago, right? Where you were just getting started. And so that's such a key takeaway is it's important to kind of find your why. And then also realize that, it's not going to be all green pastures. I always talk about not trying to be happy all the time, but trying to find joyous moments often. I can feel it on you. I can hear it in your voice. Like it's something that you really love. And I'm really proud of you for going for that. In the space and when you work with clients and just in general, because I'm sure people, the moment they hear what you do, they have a million questions as I did. What are some common misconceptions that people have about fitness and also health and how do you educate your clients on the best approach for their body and for their health? What I see with clients, I think a good number of them just tend to be like scared and intimidated. The gym is a loud place in general. Music tends to be like really high beats per minute because you want to keep people motivated if they don't have headphones on. There's a lot of big equipment. There's big intimidating looking equipment. Like if you go in as a first timer and you look at like a rack of dumbbells, we have dumbbells from like five up to 110, like... I don't blame them for being terrified. Like it's it's a lot of heavy weight. It's a lot of things that they may not be comfortable with. And I think they also hear horror stories of people getting hurt, which really sucks for our industry because there's so many good trainers out there. And it's so rare, in my opinion, and from what I've seen, that like people really like genuinely get hurt when they're doing something. I just tell people go in, find a professional, and just talk to them and just lay it all out there. You don't have to be incredibly vulnerable. But if you're telling them like, hey, like I look at a squat rack and my heart rate doubles and I get really nervous and I get sweaty palms and things like that, like that's why we're here. Even us fitness professionals at one point were the people that walked into a gym and were like, this place is terrifying. Like there's a big guy with muscles over there lifting a bunch of heavy weight. He might be making some noise. But again, just coming in and I tell people like you go to a doctor for certain things, you go to a financial advisor for help with your money. If you really want to help with your fitness, whether you're actually going to sign on and do one-on-ones with me, or you just want to kind of talk to somebody and navigate a plan, like that's why we're here. And a lot of gyms offer free services. Like at Knott Springs, we offer a free complimentary session. You can come in for 60 minutes. We can do whatever you want. We can talk the whole time. We can lift crazy weights. But there's a lot of free resources out there that I think a lot of people don't realize in the fitness industry. 
Absolutely. And I want to reflect on this a little bit for my own personal sake, because, you know, I, I ran and I've always been an athlete. I was a four sport athlete in high school, track runner in college. And the moment I was done with college, I don't think I haven't stepped foot on a track since. And a lot of that for me personally was just that D1 mentality. I think I got burned out. I think there was a little bit of trauma, honestly. To your point, I had this kind of warped view of what working out is. It has to always be intense, right? It always has to be painful. You got to be, you know, giving it 110%. And as I've gotten older, I've really learned that that's not true, right? Going for a walk is just as good as a 30-minute gym session. You know, it is just where you put your focus and, and those mental blocks. It, again, always starts with you and your perspective and how you look at things. So personally, actually, I'm, I'm looking to, to work with you. I'm really excited too, because I think it's really important to have someone like yourself in your corner reinforcing not only how to do fitness well, how to do health well, but just the mindset of health in general and fitness in general is so, so important. So is there any like fitness hacks for lack of a better term that you use with your clients to help them stay motivated and consistent? And then I have kind of a part two to that question. I think it's funny that you use the term hack because I was kind of hoping at some point this would come up. Fitness and nutrition, there tends to be lots of promoting of there is this there's this new hack and you're going to burn a ton of weight or you're going to build a ton of muscle. You all heard like six-minute abs or there's all these supplements out there that just help you burn like crazy amounts of fat, which is just some of the most ridiculous marketing that's out there, in my opinion. I think what helps with clients is like, number one, make sure that they feel heard. A lot of what I'm doing in workouts is I'm constantly doing an intake, especially the first workout. Like I have 60 minutes to learn everything about your fitness goal and then at the end of it, I have to try and like sell you on the fact that I'm going to kick your butt a couple days a week and you're going to pay me to do this. Number two, you have to be very clear with them on what their goals are and give them realistic expectations with those goals. For me, the one that I get a lot is like, I want to lose X number of pounds in X number of days. That's a very challenging one to do because people's bodies are very, very different and they respond to exercise differently and people have different stress levels. There's a lot that I could really dive into here. But just for the sake of kind of like skimming the surface, like the more that you can level set and you can keep things constant, the easier that it's going to be for clients to keep coming back, but then also see results too. And a lot of that can come down to programming. So you also want there to be enough variety where people aren't bored when they show up to your workouts. However, a part of fitness is measurables and figuring out how am I getting better at something, which means that we need to be repeating specific things over and over and over again. So if I'm programming way too many different things for you, there's no way that we can actually find concrete measurables because we've just opened everything up to so many different movements and different patterns. Like if I'm programming 30 to 40 different movements in a month for you, it's very hard for us to continually be going back and revisiting and seeing if you're actually building at the capacity that you want. So I try and keep my programming not limited, but at least within a scope where we're like, hey, we're going to be doing something new today, but we're also revisiting the skill that you're working on so that that way throughout the month, two months, three months, year, however long we're working together, there's clear results of like, I feel better when I'm doing this I'm moving more weight or I move more efficiently and I just feel better all the time. So there's definitely some factors that go into it, but the keep it kiss, keep it simple, stupid is always a good thing to go off of. I love that. I think that can apply to really any facet in someone's life. And you said something that's so true, not only for your profession, but also for mine being a business and life coach and also being a strategist who works with a lot of agencies and companies. The number one thing for any of this, right, is what you said, making sure your client or your customer feels heard 
is huge because the moment they feel heard kind of pulls us into that second point you made, which will allow you to be consistent because you'll be motivated and you'll have a why. So I just wanted to circle back on that because you just dropped some knowledge and I just, I absolutely loved the way you put that. Oftentimes I just hear and see, right, I'm lifting a lot in the gym. And then there's this other side, which is health and just diet in general. Talk to us a little bit about having a quote unquote healthy diet. What makes that easy? And, and have you found and, and how do you find kind of balance in your own diet? Dieting is a tough term for me because, and again, I'm not some scientist that's dove into a bunch of the research, but I at least know like I have enough of a level that I can speak on this. And when it comes to diets, whether it's Adkins, keto, paleo, anything that is out there as like a fad diet, at the end of the day, long term, if you really look at some of the results that people get from it, it's all relatively the same when it comes to weight loss and body composition and things like that. So, number one, it's what actually works for me. Some people really like paleo. I think paleo is something that I stick to. And that's more of like, you know, if you were a hunter-gatherer, what you would find out in nature. So basically anything that comes out of a box or a bag, most of the time is not great. You have very few things here, but ideally I'm more of like the whole foods perspective, which I think the general population should be. And my wife actually she actually told me this after I'd got my nutrition certification. But one hack that you can do is like just staying in the, that circular perimeter of the grocery store is actually a pretty easy hack. Minus like the bakery section, like we've got some things over there we should probably avoid, like cookies and donuts and things like that. But the general idea makes sense where you're looking at, you've got fresh produce on the outside, you're going to make your way back to you know the meat and seafood section, and you've got some other kind of odds and ends that are mixed in there. And not to say that everything that's down grocery aisles is complete garbage by any means, but just being mindful that most of the time, like, those things that are on those shelves, like the shelf life, they're there for a decent amount of time. And a lot of Whole Foods do not hang out on the shelf for a long time. So some of the best advice that I actually heard was when it comes to exercise, the best exercise is the one that you will do. And the best diet or thing to eat is the thing that you will consistently eat. Again, I think Whole Foods and keeping it simple is really the best and I think the easiest way to go about it. And then from there, you just kind of experiment with you know, how you're cooking, how you're seasoning your things. My wife and I got an air fryer. I don't know if you have an air fryer, Khalil, but... Love. I love my air fryer. For any, <laughs> any listener of this podcast, if you do not have an air fryer, I strongly recommend that you go buy one. I tell all of my clients, I send them an Amazon link. Like in the moment, it's a great way to still get like that crispy texture. You can cook so many different things in it. It's actually funny that I bring this up because tonight my wife and I are having salmon. The air fryer cooks a wicked salmon filet. It's unbelievable. So finding different ways to prepare food and then finding resources that give you you know, some good options. If you're someone that's like meal delivery, you're crazy busy, like Green Chef and things like that are really, really nice. My wife and I really enjoy cooking. So we do a lot of our own cooking at home, whether it's the air fryer or grilling or sauteing. She comes from a family of caterers. So we tend to, you know, eat a lot and we eat, we eat pretty well. But I mean, there's like, there's so much information out there when it comes to nutrition. I think it's whatever makes sense to you and whatever's going to work. Just go out and seek a professional and talk to somebody about it. Even if you have to pay a little bit of money to get access to these people, it's way worth it to learn it from your perspective and what's specifically going to be correct for you because there's a lot of just general information out there that really isn't that great and isn't backed by excellent science either from some of the stuff that I've read. 
Absolutely. And I, you know, getting on a personal level, I'm someone that deals with chronic kidney stones and that's something that can be really painful and puts you more into like a, a more restrictive diet. And that's what's kind of made me really care about my nutrition and also my wife as well, who uh, is, I think, the best chef in, on the West Coast. And I will hang my hat on that, you know, really trying to find that balanced diet approach. Because what I learned with my chronic illness, right, is there's there's really nothing that I can do. A lot of misconceptions about kidney stones are that you can control it with your diet. And it's really not that. So before I knew that, actually, I spent years like picking apart diets, trying veganism, you know, being a vegetarian. And in that moment, I remember being super frustrated. Like, I just, I'm never going to find something that works. I keep changing. I have ADHD too. So that didn't help. Like, and what I found out later down the road was like, I really had to kind of experiment. And to your point, I had to go talk to some professionals and I kind of had to get out of my own head. And they're like, you know, you want to be balanced. Like 80% of the time you want to have all these diets, but you know, have fun, like eat the things that you like to eat. I'm a huge French fry connoisseur. Um, I'm manifesting this now. I want a French fry blog one day. So, you know, finding that balance is key and getting out and exercising and work from home. Like, and I know a lot of people listening do that too. It's so important. So I'm so happy that you're able to give us such well-rounded perspectives on not only just fitness, but also health. And you started to talk about it a little bit, but this is the next part that I think is really important is really getting into fitness and health with your partner, because that's another area where I see a lot of folks struggle, right? It's either I'm really health conscious and my partner isn't or vice versa. Uh, and you can actually get a little bit of tension there, right? When one partner maybe goes on a quote unquote diet and the other doesn't. From your own experience and, and dealing with your clients, like what are some of the struggles they've had with their partners? And also like, what are some of the things that you do to really find that nice synergy with your partner? I'll start with Caitlin and I, my wife. So we're relatively strict about what we eat. So Caitlin has hypothyroidism or a condition called Hashimoto's. So for those listeners that don't know specifically what Hashimoto's is, so um, her thyroid gland actually gets attacked by her body, which is not good because the thyroid is involved in a lot of bodily functions. So we have to be really mindful about what she's eating. So she has to avoid gluten because it can really flare things up. Dairy does from time to time. I think that's just something that she avoids because she doesn't feel good when she intakes it. And from a fitness perspective, she's she's actually the one that got me into CrossFit. I used to not be a fan of it. I thought it was one of the most ridiculous forms of fitness. After her bringing me along to one of their open gyms, I went from thinking it was crazy to now this is like one of the only ways that I work out because after being certified, it totally makes sense. So we're pretty dedicated to our weightlifting um, game and just having good overall like expansive programming, which is a whole another deal. So for me and her, like she, it's just something that is innately in us. She was an athlete growing up. She played basketball in her hometown. She's always eaten well. Her family also has diabetes that runs in it. So her brother and her father both have diabetes. And also with us having a kid, like we want to make sure that we can instill as good a habits as possible once, you know, our little girl comes here at the end of July. But I just kind of lucked out that like she's somebody who was super into it. I've clearly like always been into being an athlete and now being a coach myself. So there was hasn't been big problems there. Honestly, a lot of times when we get fights, it's like if we are going to go out, it's like we'll get into it about like where we're actually going to go eat out because she wants to do one thing and I want to do another. So I guess, you know, we'll take the good with the bad. When it comes to clients, a lot of it is just scheduling. A lot of my clients are really busy. They're either entertaining clients from their work or they've just been slammed for so long that they're either going to get takeout or something easy, or they do one of these meal delivery options that may not be the healthiest. Like HelloFresh, in my opinion, is not horribly healthy. Sorry for those of you that may do HelloFresh. There are other options out there that are a little bit 
more spendy, but are worth it because the ingredients that you get are way, way better in my opinion. So look into them. They're a really good option. But a lot of times, like it's just time. And the downtime that they do have, they just want to hang out and relax and you know meal prepping or going to the grocery store is kind of the last thing on their mind. Or they have a family, they have kids, they're getting pulled in multiple different directions. So obviously everybody's heard of meal prepping, but I am telling you that is probably the single best way to make sure that you are going to be eating good, clean food consistently. And it doesn't need to be three or four hours on a Sunday to prep for the entire week. That's incredibly unrealistic, number one. And number two, your food is not going to last that long. By Thursday, whatever you cook, is just isn't going to be good because it's not going to make it that long. And number two, you're going to be so sick of eating it for four days that you're just going to throw it right in the garbage or feed it to your dog. So the approach that my wife and I will take is Sunday or Monday, we'll cook and we tend to cook for like two or three meals. So we'll eat that same meal for like two or three days consistently. And then middle of the week is like decent sized grocery run. And then we kind of do the same thing from there. We do go with a lot of, honestly, some frozen options. Like we'll go to Costco, we'll get um, like frozen chicken thighs or chicken tenders. We tend to eat a lot of salmon. So we cut up like pre-made fillets and we put them in the freezer and then we'll just pull them out like the day before, let them thaw out. She works remotely and I work remotely here and there. And just like being in communication and being a team and just saying like, hey, what sounds good tonight? What do you think? Okay, can you pull this out in the morning? Do I need to run to the grocery store and grab any like auxiliary items for it, like some veggies or things like that? So again, like it's got to be a team effort. You cannot do this on your own. And it doesn't take much extra time or extra brain power to figure it out. There's plenty of days my wife and I just eat chicken, veggies, and rice. I'm telling you right now, you can do a lot. You can do a lot worse than that. A lot worse than that. Absolutely. And that's some really great advice. And, you know, that's definitely, I know areas where, where folks struggle is that teamwork area. I think, you know, being mindful of your partner and, and, and understanding, right, both of your needs is important. Me and my wife do very similar things that you do. My wife's a fantastic cook. And so what she'll do is cook for, you know, more than just her and I. So she'll end up cooking for four people. We usually do that Monday through Tuesday, but usually get started on the weekends like you do. So then I don't have to eat the same thing every day, even though I can do that. She doesn't like doing that. So I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can eat the same meal for a week and be happy. Um, not everyone can do that. But no, that's definitely something that we've worked on. And whether that's fitness or, or health, when you're stuck and you're, you're trying to get it going, your imagination obviously will throw some things in to make fitness seem way scarier than it is, to make health way scarier than it is. So something I always preach and I always take a second to preach is just start for two minutes, right? Like whether that's you needing to get up after this podcast and go on a walk or you needing to go think about, you know, what are my meals next week that I could maybe be a little bit more healthy this week? It just, you just kind of have to start. Is there any advice that you give your clients or they're feeling stuck or you start to notice that, they're not signing up for any more sessions with you or, you know, they're just kind of starting to get in their own head. Is there anything that you do to like let them know or get them back on track? The main thing that I'll point back to them is their deeper why, like we addressed earlier in the podcast. When I went through my nutrition certification, they talked about five whys. So when you ask a question to one of your clients or somebody, you follow it up with four more why questions to try and get down to that deeper rooted emotional tie to why the skull is so important to them. And a lot of times when you just keep bringing that up and you keep talking about it, whether it's in a serious matter or you're just like checking in with them, a lot of times when I address it in that way, I'm not having to pry or really like heavily push them to continue going. They just innately know all the time that like this is the end game that I'm trying to get to. 
And it's not going to be butterflies and rainbows all the time. I may not feel good. And there's days where if you don't feel good, like if it's really, really bad, don't come in. I'm fine with them. I'm like, if you don't feel good, like message me, cancel your session. Like, I don't care. Like, I'd rather you deal with whatever you're dealing with, whether it's work, relationships, or you're just like physically really hanging from our session or some other session to bounce back and then be able to do it, you know, really, really well and give me your all the next day. So it's always that that deeper why. Like personally for me, like it's just, it helps me clear my head. Like if I don't work out for a day or two, like there just is like a thousand things going on at once. My body feels strange. I feel lethargic. Like for me, it's consistent energy level and I just can't get enough of it. And I know that I'm a rare breed, but it's it's that deep why and sticking to it. Because if you don't have that deep why that you're holding on to, it's going to be hard to stay motivated for, you know, for a long time. And that deep why may shift here and there. So it's always nice to be checking in, you know, with your trainer or with your partner, whoever else is your accountability buddy for that deep why. You got to be checking in and making sure like, am I still doing this for the right reason? Is this the why that I'm going after? Do I need to shift my perspective on it? So it's fine to adjust in the moment, but you got to have something that is really, really attached to it, or you're never going to continue to keep going after it. I love that approach. And I know there's a lot of coaches out there that should be listening to you, Colin, and I wish some of my coaches would have listened to that, especially in the D1 world where they really are relentless. Even on those days where you have a lot going on, they don't really give you that space. And I don't I don't speak to all coaches generally because I know there's folks out there that find that balance. But what you said is key, right? Like, it's okay to kind of just take a step back and have a day. I think that's really important. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck in starting is like they feel like they're going to be trapped or they're going to be in this right like work camp, like they're not going to have any way out. So that's really important. Something else you said, the accountability buddy, I have one for my own business. You'll probably end up being mine for fitness. You know, that's definitely something that I work on and and has been super important for me uh, is having that person that's constantly pushing me, constantly checking in with me too and just letting me vent sometimes, right, when I'm having a tough time. So I really appreciate that advice. And you started to touch on it, but on brand here, you know, when you're feeling stuck, is there anything that you do in any specificity to like get yourself unstuck or going again? There's a couple approaches that I'll take. A lot of times my unstuck is me not being motivated to write my own workout. Because for someone who does that as a living, and I do it for all of my clients, I do it for classes, I do it for my wife, I'm always thinking about it, I'm always reading about it. So that's the toughest part is like, when I have an hour, an hour and a half to actually do my workout, most of the time I'm okay with programming it because I know where I'm at within the weightlifting that I'm doing, the movements that I want to accomplish and what I want to get out of my workout. There's some days where I'm like, I get geared up, I start, you know, warming up and I'm like, God, like, I like I just don't know what I want to do. I just, I just kind of do whatever's, whatever feels right or whatever looks right. Like sometimes I just don't have an approach. Like I go grab a set of dumbbells and do one extra, you know, a couple sets and reps of one exercise and then I'll move on to something else. Just kind of like, I hate to use the term monotonous, but I'm like, I don't have motivation to get really specific, but I want to move. And I'm just going to go off of what my body's telling me. So if it's like, if my arms and chest are like, hey, let's work this, do that for a little bit. Okay, let's do like some walking lunges. Cool. I'm going to do that. I'll do them body weight for a ton of reps, or I'll do them heavy, or let's do some isolated core. Okay, that workout sucked. I didn't like it. I'm going to go on to the next one. So it's like, Sometimes you just go into the gym and you don't need to have an agenda. Like being there and moving and doing something at the end of the day is better than sitting around and doing nothing. And then a lot of times the next day I bounce back and I'm like, damn, I got 
all these ideas and then I program way too much and then I can't get through all of it. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so sometimes going, sometimes going awesome. in without a plan is kind of nice. And just trying to like, for me, like being unstuck too is kind of backing off because a lot of my training tends to be very intense. I like a lot of Olympic lifting. I like to lift heavier. I like a lot of those like CrossFit, WOD, like AMRAP, EMOM style workouts. So I've been forcing myself to do like longer extended bicycle rides, like stationary rides, which I actually did today for my training. And it's been nice. I've been trying to tell myself to like, we need to ease up a little bit. You need to bounce back a little bit quicker for some of your workouts. You're not going to be competing anytime soon. So you don't need to be going absolutely nuts. It also allows me to watch movies too, which is nice because I can actually just like sit back and kick it and not be like really super worried about like form or how I'm building within my sets. So it's nice. It's, it's nice to just get it and move sometimes. Sometimes you just need to sweat. I'm sitting here with smiling ear to ear because it's so funny when I ask people that question, everyone kind of tells me a different flavor, but really what I'm getting down to when people get stuck, it's because they're lacking exploration or they're lacking their own ability to allow themselves to explore because in that exploration, you allow yourself to get distracted. And that's where like your best ideas can come from. And a lot of folks don't realize that my clients, I always say, bring a moleskin with you when you're going to do something unrelated. Like when you're just like even going to the grocery store, like it's so funny how some of the most mundane things are just even something new will, will spark, like you said, your creative juices. So I just, I absolutely loved your answer because it's absolutely spot on and is backed also by science. You know, that's something that people have looked very extensively at and pulled folks on. And it's really the lack of exploration and the lack of the ability just to be a human and just like take it a second by second, minute by minute. So that was a really great answer. Yeah, people really just tend to get tied in from what I've noticed into one form of fitness, which can really be detrimental too. Like I was actually a spin cycle instructor for a while in downtown Portland. And a lot of our members, that's really like all that they did. Don't get me wrong, spin's a killer workout, but I think a lot of people, they get so caught up in that exercise has to be this one way for them because it's really the only thing they know. It's what they're comfortable with. It's, it can be a community aspect. Like there's a lot of people that they know that, that are also being there. But yeah, I just think it's like, just be careful of pigeonholing yourself because you can get stuck in doing the same thing. And then, you know, like your body's affected by it, not only physically, but just like mentally, you just get stuck in it. Get out there and shake it up. Absolutely. I love that. And just want to give you the floor here. Is there anything in general that you want to share with listeners that we may not have talked about today that you think is important to share? Lift weights. Don't be scared to lift weights. Again, I know that it can be daunting and it can be terrifying to go in there. Barbells can be scary. If you go into a CrossFit gym, you'll see people doing all sorts of crazy shit. And I'm not saying that you need to be doing all of that, but a lot of people get really, really scared when they hear weightlifting because they think of jacked dudes in their custom-cut singlets with these big gallon jugs of water and whatever arbitrary powder they have from a Ziploc bag. That is not what strength training is. Strength training is a very regimented and programmed growth of building muscle. And we can build muscle and build strength without getting you super big by any means. There's so many different strength training protocols out there. Like, Don't be afraid to build muscle and to build strength, it's good for you. It's good for you metabolically. It's good for longevity. And it just keeps you healthy. It doesn't need to be every day, but a little bit of resistance training really goes a long way. A lot of my clients were terrified to use barbells and heavy dumbbells. I make all of my clients use a barbell, whether they actually are Olympic lifting or they're you know back squatting or bench pressing or doing something like that. And I strongly believe that by doing heavier movements and 
creating the right protocol and programming for them. Like they are seeing the results that they're seeing because they are getting vulnerable and allowing themselves to challenge themselves in a safe way. Like I'm not just leaving them out there high and dry. Like I'm there, I'm spotting them. We're looking at form. We're working on corrective exercises. Again, go seek a professional, get out there and lift some heavy things. Because at some point you're going to have to lift something heavy in your house. You got to know how to do it correctly. Or if you find yourself in a position where you may be in an incorrect position, you have to know how to maximize that incorrect position as best as possible if you cannot find the right one. And they will teach you to do that. Lift weights. I'm going to leave it at that. I think that is fantastic. Colin, thank you so much for coming on. If you want to connect with Colin, especially if you're in the Beaverton, Portland, Hillsboro area in Oregon, uh, all of his links will be below. Thank you so much, Colin, for coming on. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Unstucked podcast. Visit us at unstucked.com and follow us on TikTok at Unstucked.